a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, this an interesting circumstance has developed. In, in about 15 minutes, we'll be hearing from Governor Gary Herbert as well as uh, state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn. The press conference, which typically, typically airs at 1.30 during my program, has been moved by an hour. So at 2.30, we'll again hear from the governor and the epidemiologist. They're going to give a situational update on the numbers here in the state of Utah, as well as uh, what I... T- what I predict to be some sort of announcement by Governor Gary Herbert. Yesterday, uh, he was uncertain as to whether or not he would participate in today's press conference. And as he was leaving yesterday, he said, we may have something big to announce. Uh, so we'll see if that is the case. If I was accurate in reading between the lines that we've got something big on the horizon. Uh, whatever the case, I invite you to remain tuned in just after 2.30 uh, when we hear from uh, state officials on the of the state, the current state of things here in the state of Utah regarding the coronavirus. Right now, though, I am honored to be joined by an assistant secretary for fish and wildlife and parks within the Department of the Interior, uh, Rob Wallace. Uh, sir, how are you? I'm Lee. Lee, I'm great. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing all right. You know, the, the radio station for, for whom I work, they kicked me out of the building. They're making me broadcast from my guest bedroom. So uh, I have a little bit of cabin fever going on, and I, I share that with anyone who will listen. Uh, but beyond that, uh, I'm doing very well. Well, that's great. I've got a little cabin fever myself. I'm at the Department of Interior right now, but I feel like I'm the only person in the building. Mm. Oh, you've got a beautiful building. I've toured that before. I've had a few meetings there myself. You're in one of the prettier buildings around town. If you go over to Secretary Bernhardt's office, you know uh, that it's a, it's a wonderfully comfortable uh, setting. So I, I envy you, sir, compared to my guest bedroom. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm right underneath the secretary by three floors, but uh, as you know, he's got a better view than I do. Oh, yeah, he does. That's the place to be on the 4th of July. Uh, Let me ask you this. You, sir, were uh, nominated by President Trump and in June of last year uh, confirmed unanimously by the United States Senate to serve as Assistant Secretary for Fish and Wildlife and Parks uh, within the Department of the Interior. Let me ask you this. June of last year, did you think that part of your job description would be to prepare the national parks around this country to operate in the midst of a global pandemic? that old curse, may you live in interesting times? Uh, no, I didn't. I Never in my wildest imagination is what I thought we'd be in a situation where we are today. And, and yet here we are. How, how do things look from your seat? Well, uh, it, you know, it's looking brighter today than it did uh, six weeks ago. I was looking back over my uh, notes uh, in preparation to come on your program, and back around uh, March 7th, there were uh, 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 all the park units were open, and there were 11 fatalities in the United States uh, uh, attributed to COVID-19. And uh, uh, fast forward six weeks later, and, and what a difference uh, that's made. I think there's uh, parks are now closed in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, and, and all five U.S. territories. 
Yeah. Uh, layman, you know, folks uh, like me who are not exactly epidemiologists, although we like to believe we are now after all the information we've gathered over the past six weeks or so, uh, but folks like me say to ourselves, you know, parks seem like a pretty good place to practice social distancing. Uh, a lot of acreage there, a lot of wide open spaces, uh, and yet they remain closed. We heard uh, from President Trump on Wednesday that he would like to see uh, these parks uh, reopened. How realistic is that? Are we, are we looking towards a reopening of national parks across the country? Well, you know, I think you brought a very uh, important point up uh, a minute ago. If you, if you think about our, our national parks, I mean, there's no place better on the planet to be inspired, to be healed, or just to go out and play and have fun. So you could argue that, that uh, at a time like this, we need parks more than, than, than any other time, maybe in their 100-plus their year uh, history. Uh, and uh, I know it's something that the president thinks a lot about. Not only did he mention uh, last Wednesday that uh, he would like to see parks open up, but uh, the week before that, he uh, he released the uh, opening uh, America up again, uh, three-step uh, uh, set of guidelines, which will be used as a template not only for national parks, but for uh, lots of other uh, facilities are now closed. So, uh I think we're all in agreement we ought to find a way to safely, and I can't emphasize that more, safely uh, get people back into our parks. Are, are there any details from any of these preliminary conversations you can share with me that might uh, kind of shed some light on what might or what could be the experience for park goers? Uh, should we reopen these parks? Will there be many changes? Uh, will, we, will masks be required, gloves, anything like that you can talk about? I think what we're seeing, and I actually want to give a shout out to uh, Utah, you know, Governor Herbert and, and your medical professionals there, uh, county officials uh, that are around the Mighty Five, uh, our, park, uh, our park superintendents and leadership are all having constructive conversations right now about what an opening would look like. Uh, it, it'll be different. It's not going to be like the summer of 2019. Um, I, I'm quite confident of that. Um, for one, the number of uh, international visitors that uh, have come to Utah and adjacent states like Wyoming uh, are probably going to be back for a while. Uh, so I think it's going to look like a, more like a soft opening, you know, a gradually getting people back into the rhythm of uh, enjoying the parks. Maybe the visitor centers won't be open initially. Uh, maybe as many campgrounds won't be open initially. But everybody's working to how to get that done safely. Outstanding. Uh, one note I would make. i got to push back uh, on something you just said. You referred to the parks here in the state of Utah as the Mighty Five. I, in a past life, was a, a staffer, a congressional staffer working for Rob Bishop, uh, who was responsible for the, the declaration of the uh, Golden Spike National Historical Park. And so there are some who would say that here in Utah we now have Super Six parks. Uh, and what about dinosaur? <laughs> oh, and, okay, and dinosaur. All right. We'll get there. Uh, anyway, l let me ask you this. You uh, also, you know, as, as, a, as an assistant secretary, you work closely with Secretary Bernhardt. He recently proposed uh, the expansion of some hunting and fishing opportunities uh, here in our country. Can you talk to me a little bit about, uh, about that expansion? I can. That's one of the great programs that Secretary Bernhardt and, and the president have, uh, have led the Department of Interior on. Not only are we proposing about 2.2 million acres, which is roughly the size of Delaware or Yellowstone National Park, uh, to be open for hunting and fishing, but uh, they opened up uh, about 1.8 uh, the year before last. So it's about 4 million acres in the last couple of years. And it's, it's terrific for a number of reasons. Uh, one, I, I grew up in Evanston, Wyoming, and used to hunt and fish uh, 
right outside of the of the, of the town boundaries, uh, and uh, some of those lands aren't available anymore. You know, new landowners, new regulations. So, to uh, entice younger people into enjoying uh, uh, sport hunting and fishing, uh, you need access to land. And the fact that these public lands are going to now be available for the next generation of sportsmen is terrific. Uh, not only gives them a chance to be outdoors, but um, I don't know if people realize that most of the revenues that fund the state uh, game and fish agencies come from excise taxes, from uh, ammunition, rifles, fishing tackle. Uh, and without a growing the base of new sportsmen, uh, those revenues are going to dwindle. And uh, that's going to put all of these uh, resources uh, somewhat at risk. In, in terms of statistics, there is an unfortunate circumstance developing right now that I imagine that this uh, effort is tailored precisely to combat. And it is that there is a decline uh, of those who are taking up uh, you know, hunting and angling, fishing as a, as a pastime. It's, it's not being handed down. Uh, I think, like it has been in the past. And so I, you know, I applaud efforts like this to make sure, you know, I'm, I, I enjoy uh, hunting myself. I'm a sportsman, uh, not much of an angler. I'll get there, though, someday. Uh, but it does break my heart to, to know that some of that, at least as a pastime, is, uh, is on the decline. And hopefully efforts just like this will uh, turn the tide of that because it's a wonderful thing. It's, a, it's an American thing. Sir, I'm grateful to you for your time. Thank you so much for, for the work you're doing on all these fronts. Pleasure to be with you. Thank you, Lee. All right, very good. Uh, my guest there, Rob Wallace, an assistant secretary for Fish and Wildlife and Parks within the Department of Interior. It's his office that is looking at this proposal by President Trump to reopen the national parks across our great country here uh, in the state of Utah. All of our beautiful parks, uh, they're closed right now, along with all the rest of the parks around the country. Uh, and that's an unfortunate thing. There are, is great reason to believe that our parks are perfect places for social distancing, uh, for being out, uh, enjoying wildlife. And after all, they are our parks. So that's that on that front. We'll continue to monitor that storyline, see when the, uh, the gates are raised and we're back able to enjoy our parks. In the meantime, though, we're going to turn our attention back uh, here to this press conference, which is expected to kick off any moment now, hosted by uh, Governor Gary Herbert as well as Dr. Angela Dunn. She will give a situational update, and we'll see what the governor has to share with us. That's all ahead on Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.